Start selling on Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash CNN for a $1 per month trial. Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Monday, March 27th. Facing unprecedented protests and division in his country, Prime Minister of Israel Benjamin Netanyahu pushes the pause button on his controversial judicial reforms. Israel, which, as you know, is the United States' closest ally in the Middle East. And in large part, that relationship is that because of Israel's democratic values. So it is odd, at the very least, to see what is happening in Israel at this very moment when U.S. President Joe Biden constantly, constantly talks about the threat of authoritarianism to democracy around the world and that he sees his presidency as an effort to push back on that threat and spread the democratic values that the United States holds so dear around the world. And yet what we're seeing play out inside of America's closest ally in the Middle East, in Israel, is a real battle for what it means to be a democracy and hold these democratic values above all else. Prime Minister Netanyahu is no stranger to controversy or to political divides in his country. This is a man who's been at the center of Israeli government and politics for decades. But he has never seen anything like what is currently playing out in his country in response to some of the far-right reforms that he and his government have put forth. And today, Netanyahu buckled to that pressure that he is seeing in the streets when he announced a delay to move swiftly this week to try and enact the reforms as it relates to the judiciary. Out of national responsibility, out of the desire to prevent a rift in the nation, I decided to suspend the second and third reading of the law in this session of the Knesset, to give time to try and reach the same broad agreement in preparation for the legislation during the next Knesset. Either way, we will bring a reform that will restore the balance that was lost between the authorities, while preserving and I would add, even in strengthening the rights of the individual. Now, there have been protests happening in Israel for months against these sweeping reforms to the Israeli legal system. But they reached a boiling point after Netanyahu fired his defense minister on Sunday, who spoke out against this legislation. That development also sparked a rare moment in U.S. diplomacy which is that the White House started scaling up its rhetoric involving this situation and weighing in more heavily, at least rhetorically, on the domestic affairs of a foreign ally. That is not something we usually see the United States government do, but that is something that this Biden White House has begun to ramp up in recent days. As for President Biden, we still have not heard him speak about the matter publicly, but his White House points to a phone call he had with Netanyahu more than a week ago now, where the White House says Biden urged the prime minister of Israel to find a compromise on his planned judicial reforms. 
Here's how White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre responded to the news in Israel today. So we welcome uh, this announcement as an opportunity to create additional time and space for compromise. And we continue to strongly urge Israeli leaders to find a compromise as soon as possible. Democratic societies are strengthened by checks and balances and fundamental changes to a democratic system should be pursued with the broadest possible base of popular support. And so that's what we're going to continue to call for. A U.S. official told CNN that President Biden is likely to have another phone call with Netanyahu in the coming days. But the timing remains fluid because the administration doesn't want to be viewed as trying to dictate the path ahead for another country. And in recent years, in American politics, we've seen Israel and the U.S.'s relationship with Israel actually become a dividing line between Republicans and Democrats in American political life. You saw evidence of that just earlier this month when more than 90 House Democrats wrote to President Biden urging him to come out publicly and strongly condemn Netanyahu's judicial proposals. Now, Netanyahu believes that he and his government received a mandate from voters in the November election last November to pass these reforms. So what would they actually do? Well, Netanyahu's bills would essentially weaken the country's Supreme Court. It would give parliament the control over appointing judges and the ability to override Supreme Court decisions with a simple majority. Critics say the legislation would weaken the Supreme Court and the government's overall system of checks and balances, leading to the beginning of the end of Israel's democracy. Israel's president, Isaac Herzog, serving in what is mostly a ceremonial role over there and an opponent to Netanyahu's judicial reforms, had this to say a bit earlier in the controversy. Whoever thinks that the real civil war of human lives is a limit that we will not reach has no idea. Precisely now, in the 75th year of the state of Israel, the abyss is within touching distance. However, Netanyahu and his supporters who believe in these reforms have accused the Supreme Court of overreach and elitism. That was the argument Netanyahu put forth in an interview airing tonight on Pierce Morgan Uncensored. The balance of three, the three branches of government says that you have to have three branches that are balanced. In Israel, you have like one big trunk, the judiciary, that's what's developed, with two little twigs on the side. That's not democracy. Netanyahu also defended some of his plans by pointing out countries like the United States have politicians who control which federal judges are appointed and approved. Now, this is a series of bills that Netanyahu is trying to push through the government. One already passed last week. That says only the prime minister himself or two-thirds of the cabinet can declare the leader unfit for office. Critics say that part of his reforms is just a way to protect Netanyahu from being removed, who is, just to remind you, currently on trial for fraud, breach of trust, and bribery. The prime minister denies any wrongdoing whatsoever. But as I mentioned, it was these unprecedented protests in the streets of Israel that prompted Netanyahu to shift gears today. The country's main airport stopped departures for hours. Employees at Israel's biggest port stopped working. And more than two dozen Israeli mayors even went on a hunger strike. 
Parts of the country were completely shut down, including transportation, universities, and restaurants, after the country's largest trade union announced a historic strike. The union called off that strike after Netanyahu said the legislation would be paused, but threatened another one, quote, if the prime minister returns to aggressive legislation. Now, the timing could be a bit awkward here for Netanyahu, who was supposed to participate in a virtual summit for democracy hosted by President Biden on Wednesday of this week. Here's how President Biden spoke about the quest to protect and strengthen democracy at the last summit back in December of 2021. Here in the United States, we know as well as anyone that renewing our democracy and strengthening our democratic institutions requires constant effort. American democracy is an ongoing struggle to live up to our highest ideals and to heal our divisions. How words like that will echo through this moment for Netanyahu, for Israel, and for the U.S.-Israeli relationship is something to watch in the days ahead. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.